As the wax flows over your body, I hope you realize you look beautiful. And if it acts as a sort of odd, eternal torture, I think it's worth it still. Hello and welcome to Cast and Wax. My name is Jordan D. White, and uh, we have a very exciting show for you tonight. We have, uh, or today, whatever time you're listening at, uh, we have our, our normal guests, and we have a special guest as well. Uh, let me introduce everybody. First of all, here's Mr. Rory Sinjin. How's it going, Rory? It's going quite well, thank you very much. Uh, things uh, continue apace at the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies, and I am enjoying it heartily. Good. That's very good. Um, and uh, everything else, you, 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 I know you, you, uh, you do extra historical readings for celebrities. Is that going well? Uh, yes, of course, I'm not allowed to discuss which celebrities, but suffice it to say they're very famous. Okay, uh, thanks. I guess we'll move on, though, since we can't discuss that. Um, uh, also, here is our other normal co-host, uh, Mr. Scape White. How's it going, Scape? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I'm, very, I'm very, uh, happy. I got a lot of food all the time and, uh, sleeping, too, so pretty good. Good. Uh, nobody is very interesting today, you know, guys. That's weird. Well, you know, it, it's just a normal day in our lives. Right. Um, well, it, oh, I should mention it's Easter, so happy Easter. Oh, yes, uh, right, happy Easter. Yes. Okay. Anyway, uh... We also have a very special guest who uh, longtime listeners of the show might remember. Uh, he was once on uh, a show that our, our missing friend, uh, Frank Allen, did called Car Debate, the, the pilot of Car Debate. Uh, his name is Mr. Edgemont Montpellier. Yes, that's right. I am on the program this week. Uh, very adequate podcast. Yes, I'm here. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, now, I, I was very happy to hear from you that you wanted to come and be on the show. Uh, thank you for being here. You're welcome. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that you let me on the show. Uh, that was exactly what I intended when I sent you the email asking asking to be on it. Now, last time we had you on the show, by which I mean when you were on Car Debate, um, you were starting a group for Obama, so I'm sure you were very happy that he was elected. Yes, I was extremely happy when I got him elected. Uh, he... he uh, he swept to victory based on my support. And I was, I, I tell you right now, I jumped for joy. I was, I was so thrilled you could even hear it in my voice. Now, when you say you got him elected. Yes. What do you, what do you mean by that? What, what does it sound like? I mean, I supported him and then he got elected. So I got him elected. Yeah, but I mean, but a lot of people. I mean, I supported him. Yes, that doesn't matter. You, you, you didn't. You weren't the deciding factor. I mean, I put a lot of effort in, and then it happened. What? It, I mean, what's a lot of effort? You, you look. Have you ever been to Thirty Third Street? It's the Thirty Third Street Democrats, and I got the whole street to support him. Some very influential people on that street. Let me tell you, and let me tell you, as soon as we started or organizing a little while later the primary happened and he won it let me see 33rd street i actually am familiar with 33rd street yes 33rd street is where uh I, i've been there a, a number of times that's where uh jim hanley's universe the comic book shop is yes i i hang out there sometimes and talk to people who are buying comics there's and a i say oh please go ahead i say excuse me you 
look like a Democrat, and they sometimes give me a funny look. But if they say yes, I say, well, it's a good thing you're supporting the 33rd Street Democrats right where we are. Now, they don't usually know what I'm talking about. When I say there's a Democratic organization for their home street, well, let me tell you, once in a while they get very excited, and I give them a membership card, and they go out and vote Democrat. Now, do you count the Empire State Building as part of 33rd Street? Because it's between... Certainly. So the whole Empire State Building was is a Democrat, is what you're saying, or is full oh, of Democrats. The people in there, they should be. Well, are they or some, should they be? I mean, I agree they should be, but sometimes I hang out outside and I I go in and I sort of I try to look like I know what I'm doing. And I just sort of make my way into offices and things. And I say, hey, you look like a Democrat. This is with people who are not reading comics. They're trying to get their work done. But sometimes they say, yes, which office do you work in? Ha! Huh. And I think right down the street from both of those things, there's a there's a strip club too. So to all the strippers. Yes, that's one of my favorite places to hang around. I think it's much more entertaining than hanging around in the office building. But duty is duty. Uh, so yes, I hang around in the strip club and I get all the strippers to vote Democrat. And if they don't want to vote Democrat, I'm extra persistent. And I'll just wait around until I can convince them. Okay. All right. Not bad. Sometimes I bribe them. You bribe them with like money? That's against the law. That's a campaign contribution. No, no. Then you give the money to Obama and it's not considered a bribe. You don't give the money to the people who are voting for him. Well, that's a... Sniggling distinction there. I, I, it's a contribution for a campaign. Well, yeah, but they, they don't give money to. You don't give the money to voters. I think I'm pretty sure that is. That, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Well, if if I was Obama, it would be illegal. It's not illegal for other people that are not Obama. Not as far as I hope. No. Okay. Well, regardless, regardless of all uh, of this electioneering. Um, yes. Yes. What is that? What you're here to talk about? Because there's not. I mean, obviously, Obama's running for re-election, but not very soon. Yes, that that bastard is. Why? Wait. Hold on. Whoa. Why is he a bastard? Well, I, you remember I got him elected. Yes. And what has it done for me? Well, nothing. You have, you have a healthcare system. Well, I already had healthcare. Oh, so why did you, I mean, what what was it that he promised in his election that you feel he didn't follow through on? Well, I, I don't know, really, but that's not what I'm concerned about. I, I, I was expecting some kind of personal aggrandizement out of this. Oh, like become ambassador to Spain or something? Like what? That would be nice, or a, a senator, or perhaps the vice president. There, he, he already had a vice president on his ticket, Joe Biden. <laughs> As a figurehead vice president, yes. Oh, you wanted to be a shadow vice president. If that's the way we had to work things out, I mean, he could have he could have worked something out with me. I'd have been willing to enter into discussions. So it would be like when he gives Joe Biden meaningless things to do, it would really be you doing the meaningless things. Yes. Okay. I've spent enough time doing meaningful things, getting him elected. Well, I'm, so you're not going to get him elected this time. He's been elected. Well, the next election, of course, I am. I'm. A, he's running for the Democrat. Yes, of course I am. He's still Irish and he's still running. So, okay. Well, but again, so is that what you came here to do to to campaign for Obama or is there something else you wanted to talk about? Well, I also wanted to talk about, well, the organization and get the word out there. So, uh, everybody, this is the word uh, and uh, consider it out there. Uh, But also this machine, the morality machine. Oh, please. 
What? I think it's, well, it's, a, it's a terrible machine, obviously. So. No, no. I, I think it's a wonderful threat. Uh, well, thank be- Wait, th- threat? Well, thank you for saying it's wonderful. You're welcome. I, I see. I, I think this is why people should elect Obama next time. Uh, because if you don't, the world will blow up. Whoa, hang on. Why is that? Because it's immoral not to. Uh, oh, you- that's... I mean, that's... Really? You think that that would happen? Yes. Don't you think it's immoral to vote for someone who's going to do all sorts of terrible things for the country? Who even knows what? Whatever they put on that platform is going to be pretty lousy, let me tell you. Well, I mean, I agree that the Dem- that the Democrats are better than the Republicans, typically speaking. Typically speaking, obviously. But, I, I mean, I don't think just, just voting for a Republican automatically is immoral, right? I mean... Oh, no, but yes, it is. Because you're, you're telling people, you guys, go do immoral things. And what if you have millions of people doing the same immoral thing? Voting for a Republican. But that's not the immoral thing that the Republicans say to do is vote for Republican. The immoral things that they do are like, you know, try to make rich people richer for no reason and da 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 da. I mean, they would say that's not even immoral. They would say that that is, you know, the money they earned and da 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 da. Therefore, we shouldn't take it. With well, yes, yeah, earning money is terrible. And I, I mean, that, that is why I enjoy being independently wealthy. Uh, well, now, no, that, but see, that's exactly it. The Republicans would say you shouldn't be taxed on your money when you die. And the, I mean, that's not even true. I, and most people don't think that. I, look, the, the, the point is, I think that, I, but I didn't program the morality machine to dro- destroy the world if a, a Republican gets elected. No, just if there was enough immoral things like people voting for Republicans. But that's, if there were enough to elect them, wouldn't that be enough to blow up the world? Yes. But, but, but that's what I'm, that's what I'm, but I didn't, I don't think that that's fair. I mean, I don't want Republicans to get elected, but I didn't make the machine to make the world democratically Th- run. That's why you should all support the 33rd Street Democrats and vote for the Democrats, just like we do. But I don't live on 33rd Street. I live in Queens. Not everyone can be so lucky as the strippers and the comic book readers and the office workers. Those people probably don't live on 33rd Street as well. They just are either buying comic books or stripping or working in an office on on that street. But they are welcome guests. So, So they can be part of your group anyway. Yes. What if I'm just walking down 33rd Street? Can I be part of the group then? Go nuts. Is the nuts part... That I'm on 33rd Street or that I'm joining your group? Probably the second one. You can go nuts with your membership being... You, you, that means, yes, you can be a member. Oh, okay. Well, listen, I'm, I mean, I'm... <sighs> I'm glad you're a supporter of the morality machine because it is a good machine that is going to I make know. everyone moral. But I don't think you're on the uh, people have been making. There's been a lot of misconceptions about this thing. I I'm glad I could clear them up. I didn't think that there has been misconceptions. I think it's a terrible idea, and everyone is recognizing that it's a terrible idea through their own ways of pointing out its flaws. No, that's not true. No, the, but the what fl- flaws? There are no flaws. Exactly, there are no flaws. It it's not gonna it's not gonna make you all vote Democrat if. It's good. If anything, what it what it will do is make the politicians not lie when they're running for office. How about that? And then you could vote for whoever is telling the truth in that you want to. No, you vote for the Democrats. Well, but what if the Republicans? What if they are actually good? That doesn't happen. Well, it hasn't happened in a while. But what if it did? <laughs> the world would blow up. No, th- see, that's my point. 
if the Republicans are actually good, then the world doesn't oh. blow up if we vote for them. What if a what if what if a Democrat comes out and says, "I my goal is to enslave other countries and make them all work for our glory, and uh, that women should be kept down and men should be uh, lauded, and I'm going to start." murdering people as soon as I get into office. Well, I think if, if things like that happen, we should work as hard as we can to keep the Republicans evil because that way the 33rd Street Democrats will still be doing good. So your answer to there being a bad Democrat is to make sure that the bad people are all Republicans. Right. So like they're like the House Slytherin of politics. Exactly. That's just how my comic book shop members would put it. Well, because uh, well, I'm a comic book person, but, and well, I mean, that's not from a comic, but you know, you, you we're geeks. The point is, I, I don't think, wouldn't it be better if they were both good? Wouldn't it be better if both parties were good parties and the, it, the choices were between two equal good? Then... What would I be doing with my life? You could just go to comic book stores and strip clubs for fun. You know, there are more things in life, Jordan, than fun. Sometimes there's an evil to be defeated. And if there's not, we have to create one. And that's what Republicans are for. But that makes you evil. See, I'm with you on the fighting evil part. That's why I made the morality machine. That's not why. Yeah, but it is. Okay, but the point is, I'm with you on the fighting evil part. I'm not with you on the creating evil if there is none. Because if there's no evil, that's a good world. And then the morality machine has a very high number, which it does not right now. And everything is good in the well, world. Well, that's boring. <sighs> That's boring. All right. Well, you know what? Listen, we have a whole lot of letters to get to this 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 week. Um, make sure you, by the way, listeners, write into us, castandwax at gmail.com. We have a bunch of letters. Uh, so I want to read some of the letters. Uh, let's just do a couple before before we get into the serials. And just so you know, um, Edgemont. Edgemont? Should I call you Edgemont or do you have a nickname? Edgy. Edgy. Okay. Um, that's a very edgy name. Definitely, yes. Um, so, Ed, Edgy, um, you're welcome to comment on these letters. What we do is we get letters in. Um, Hopefully, some of them will have to do with things that you are an expert on. Uh, I don't think this first one is, although you did meet Frank Allen. Yes. He, he interviewed me in his car and we got pulled over. Right, right. It was uh, a very small car. Mm, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, but he... Now, did you know him before the debate? No. Uh, I, I was in Binghamton, New York, scouting out other 33rd Streets. Is there a 33rd Street in Binghamton? I don't think so. No. I didn't see one when I was there anyway. But you were looking. Yes. Okay. I've since upgraded to maps. That's sensible. Thank you. Cheaper. Yes. You were in Binghamton. Well, I mean, buying a map is more expensive than just looking at street names. That was my first thought. But then I, I realized I was spending lots of money to get to the street names to look at them and I just bought a map instead and I, I balanced my checkbook then. Now if you have just internet access you can just look at like Google Maps. Oh. You could probably search for 33rd Street. Well, that, that frees up a lot of my time right there. In fact let me do it right now. 33rd Street. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this didn't work as easily as I'd hoped. Well, I guess this needs a little bit of work. 33rd Street. I'm, it's just bringing me up to, to the New York one, but maybe is there a way to search maps? No, that's what I want you to... Uh. Well, clearly this internet doesn't have much on it. And there's definitely a 33rd Street in Queens. Oh! I don't know where that is off the top. Let me see. What, what, well, what is... Queens. I thought you were in Queens. Well, I am, but it's it's a big town, you know. I mean, a town by which I mean it's a, it's a whole uh, county. Anyway, look, the point is you can use Google Maps. I'm sure there's ways to find addresses uh, on 33rd Streets. That's fascinating. I have to go return all my maps if that works. Well, I don't know if they'll give you your money back. Uh, anyway, look, uh, the point is um, we wanted to uh, read a couple of letters before we get to the, the serials. Uh, so this one is about Frank Allen. Um, I guess you met him once if you have any insights into the, the situation. Just so you know, he's missing. I don't know if you heard all that. He's missing. He ran away. We don't know where he is. We hired a private investigator to find him. Uh, Rory has been funding it, uh, th thankfully. And, uh, yes, um, right. <laughs> 
Of course. And uh, we've been, you know, we've been getting letters from him, and this is one from him. Uh, Rory, do you want to read this? Uh, no, this, I, mean, I don't think we need to read the, the, the emails. Well, no, we, I mean, it's, it's important. It's relevant. All right, I'll read it. I'll read it. I'll read it. Um, Dear Rory, thanks for airing that discussion with good Frank Allen. Uh, that was uh, edgy. That was uh, the last podcast. Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, it was very helpful. As an investigator, I noticed that you were trying to lead him towards saying what he would do if he didn't have any money. However, this world's Frank Allen actually has access to a lot of money since he may well still have your checkbook. So the best lead at this point is to follow Frank on that extravagant world tour that good Frank mentioned he was going to go on. Just thought I would mention it so you could keep track of the billable expenses. Best Slam Jackson private investigator. Now, no, hold on. Actually, um, Slam, I have cancelled all my checks, so he can no longer use... Now that I know he's still in my checkbook, I've cancelled all the checks. He can't use my money anymore. Do you think he's hearing this when he's on the world tour? Slam Jackson or, or Frank Allen? Well, Slam. I mean, do you think he's already left? Sounded that way. Whew, well, I I don't know. Well, I mean, Rory, it's going to be... I guess it's going to be a little costly. Well, that's what I'm saying. Look, Frank Allen can't do this. Uh, he can't go on the world tour because I cancelled my checks. He does not have access to my money. If he has any money, it's money that he already got from me or money that he already got from someone else. I, he can't get my money anymore. Even though I do have lots of money, yes, that is true, but he does not have access to it. So, there is no world tour for Frank Allen. Or if there is, it's a very cheap one. I don't know where he'll be going. Tour of third world countries or something. Why would he go on a tour of third world countries? I don't know, because they're cheap. Look, the point, I don't know. The point is, I'm saying he doesn't have my money. So, Sam Jackson, um, you know, if you are talking to me still, this is from a while ago, you know. Then don't worry about it. So I don't think you should go on that tour. What was that? What? Why would he? No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Look, not the tour because the money and also no. So no. Now, um, Edgy, when you yes. met Frank Allen, did he talk about going on a world tour? No, he he seemed he actually asked us for gas money, which was interesting because I, I thought we were just getting hopping into to do the show with him, and then he he wanted us to pay for for the car ride. Uh, so I I got the sense that he didn't have enough money for a world tour. Uh, but maybe if he only went to countries that it's very cheap to go to, like. Like your friend Rory said, uh, I didn't think that was how third world countries worked. But who knows? It's a big and interesting world. I mean, yeah, I, I think it still costs a lot of money to travel to a third world country, like because you still have to fly or or sail or something. He might hitch a ride. Look, I didn't look. I, I'm not saying go to third world countries. Well, no good because it, it sounds like. I mean, from Edgy's experience, now this is a while ago. He, all he was doing was driving around Binghamton, and that was when he lived in New York City. Well, perhaps he's in Binghamton. I don't. That's where. That is where Frank Allen, good Frank Allen, said to look. Well, perhaps they. You should look there. I, I, I guess I'm so. not the detective, though. But do you have any? Are there any detectives on 33rd Street? Well, maybe, but they might be undercover as well. So maybe like hiding at the strip club. That sounds like the most fun place to hide. Okay, okay. Um, now we do have a uh, we have another letter here. I wanted to read before the shows because it is from uh, Charles Berman, who sends us the shows. Oh, okay. Um, do you want to read it, Engineer? Uh, well, uh, here, show, show me the letter. Uh, just give me a moment to read it. Certainly, I'm very smart, so I know how to read. I, well, I would never have doubted that. Dear Jordan, thanks for clarifying this on the podcast last week. I guess you were right about vigilante groups not being correct, according to the morality machine. I mean, if there's a murder going on, why should we stop it just because we think we have some special knowledge about what's moral and what isn't? That's up to the police. I mean, if we don't have U.S. law to tell us what is moral and what isn't, we're stuck with using our own judgment, and where would that get us? Okay, now hold on. Oh, sorry, was I reading okay? No, you're reading great. I'm disagreeing with his point. 
Oh, I, and I wanted to say, ah, should I wait? No, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna interrupt. No, you have to use your own judgment. That's what I said. Everybody knows whether what they're doing. Remember when I hit Rory and I went like, "Ow, don't do that again." Edgy. Yes. Should I have hit Rory? Uh, he didn't look like he enjoyed it. That's the sort of thing a Republican would do. So then you. Uh, well, I don't. That's not true. But, but you knew that it was the wrong thing to do. Certainly. Well, I, I mean, not to insult my gracious host, but yes, that was terrible. So then, people can ha- people have an innate sense of what's right and wrong for the most part all the time, and. If they don't, I told you I've got the app. Just buy the app. Anyway, look. I don't have that kind of money. It's, it's, well, yes, I do, but I, I don't want to spend it. All right. You know what? I don't know. I don't remember. It's a free app from now on. It's a free app. Should, should I keep going? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I decided to disband my vigilante group, the Binghamton Bruisers. The people in the group were pretty upset about it. They said it was doing good for the community. No, I said, Jordan D. White invented the morality machine. He knows if anybody does what the morality machine would consider moral and what it wouldn't. We must do whatever Jordan D. White says, or the world will blow up. They didn't like this much, but eventually I made them see the truth of it. I've tried to keep track of the old gang in the past week, though. There was Lou, of course. We never really got his last name. He was just Lou. He was a glum, quiet sort of guy before we formed the Bruisers, but somehow, when we were out roving Binghamton for anti-machinists, he seemed to come alive. He never really seemed to have any friends, but he was all right by us. I guess the loss of the group hit him hard, but there was something else going on since he was found in his apartment last night, Hanging from the ceiling next to a suicide note. Then there were Stella and Horace. They were both pretty cynical before they joined, but as we sought out wrongdoers to punish, those two found the truest love I had ever seen. None of the rest of us even thought it was possible. They had just pledged their everlasting fidelity when your podcast came out, and Stella announced that her tyrannical father was only letting them stay in Binghamton because of the group. Sadly, the long-distance relationship hasn't worked out. There's Fritz, of course, who said the bruisers were the only true escape from his debilitating alcoholism he could ever find. I don't know how a tight-knitted, inspiring vigilante group like ours could really do that, But since we've disbanded, all I've heard is that he's in the hospital for liver failure. Anyway, there were too many of us to mention in great detail, and I'm sure the police will do a fine job. It's just that they'd sort of come to depend on us for this part of town, so murder and robbery are rampant at the moment, but I'm sure things will even out. Anyway, here are some radio serials. Charles. Okay, no. No. What? This is wrong. This is terrible. What did I miss? No, it's not you. You did a great job. Thank you so much for reading that. Thank you. No, thank you very much. 33rd Street. Democrats. Yes, exactly. Now that's a Democrat organization. Wait, hold on, hold on. I was just, I was just giving you a quick plug. But the point is, this is wrong. What they have said here: vigilante groups are not good. But I also, why are all these people murdering and rampaging and stuff? This is terrible. Okay, I, the, you, Charles, you, you disbanded the group of vigilantes. Fine, that's probably for the best because vigilantes are not good and they're, they're not good. And it's not because of U.S. law. It's because you shouldn't take the law into your own hands. That's just the way it is. But the point is, you could have done something else with this group. You could have you could have started a group of Democrats, for example. Well, I don't need a competition. I, well, you'd be working to the same goal. Well, yes, as long as they kept away from 33rd Street. Well, we've established there's no 33rd Street in Binghamton. Yes. So they could have been the Binghamton Democrats or the... the That's the, pretty big. The Leroy yeah. Street Democrats. The point is, there is a lot of, there is a lot of things you could have been other than a vigilante group. You could have been a, you could have been a, a, a book club. You could have had a book club. The, this guy killed himself. I, I'm not responsible for that, first of all. Okay. Second of all, these people broke up. The father is the jerk here, not me. An alcoholic. You shouldn't be an alcoholic, right? Uh, that's what I hear. Are you an alcoholic? No, but Ted Kennedy was. Was he? Yes. So now you're in support of alcoholics. Certain alcoholics. Well, that's, but that's, so that's bad though. No, I, he just happens, some people are tall, some people are short, some people are alcoholics. <sighs> Look, I, this is not, 
This is not what the morality machine is for. It is what the morality machine is for. The morality machine is for judging people and making them feel bad about themselves and then killing them all. That's not why I made it. That's a side effect. The point of it was to make people good. Well, it's not working. Well, that's a side issue. Because people are misunderstanding it. Look, this guy is saying that it makes you vote Democrat. This guy is saying that it makes people... I don't know why... Why is everybody in Binghamton robbing and murdering? Do they not know about this morality machine? Well, I don't know if anyone told them. I told them. I mean, not personally. They, they all listen to the show? This has been on, in major news, hasn't it? I mean, I'm assuming everybody's covering this. I don't read the news that much. I... You're, a, you're, you're a political activist. How do you not read the news? I'm activating. The, but the news is relevant to that. Yes, but I only have so much time. I'm, I'm hanging around in comic book stores and strip clubs and where am I going to get the newspaper in a strip club? At the news store down the block. There, I'm sure there is one. I forget off the top of my head but I'm sure there is one. Probably, yes. I, I did said I never read it. I, in fact, you know what? Here, look. I'm going to go on I'm going to go on Google Maps right now and I'm going to go I'm going to go to Street View and I'm going to look. Okay. Well, there's a Dwayne Reed there. You could probably get a newspaper there. Do they have newspapers? Yeah, they have newspapers in Dwayne Reed uh, but it, certainly. All right, well, that's, that's one. That's right down because then right down the street there's the strip club. There's a porn shop next to the strip club. Yes, that's good. A good place to convert people, also. And then nope. there's a well, that's a parking garage. That's not anything. That's kind of boring. Yeah. There's a bar, Jack Dempsey's. It's a bar. I've I've eaten there. I've had dinner there. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. That's well, a nice place for alcoholics too. Well, okay. So then you've got alcoholics in your group, which is not necessarily good. But there you are. What is this? A gift shop? A deli? Okay. Well, look. The point is, there's plenty of place. I'm sure some of these places have 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 newspapers. Oh, there's a Borders? Uh, no, they have plenty. Of, they're going out of business. Oh, but well, then I guess that's not very helpful to you. There's a Kmart, apparently. That's one of my f top 30 letters there. Look, the point is, you can get a newspaper. Are you not reading the newspaper? What? What? Do you? I mean, you knew about hey, the morality well, machine. What's it to you? I, I, I just uh, don't get to it that much. How, but you knew about the morality machine. How did you know about it? I must have caught that story, or somebody told me, or maybe I was listening to the show that week. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's. There's a buzz. Well, no. You know what? There's a guy who was in the comic shop talking about it while I was converting people. Uh, there's a guy with a mustache. He was buying comics, what? and he was talking about a morality machine, like a curly mustache. Yes. That, that's me. Yes, that was right. Uh, yes, that was you. So you heard me talking about it in a comic book store. Yes. That's the only reason you know about it. That's where I heard about it, I think. <sighs> well, okay, I don't know why we're not getting the coverage we need, but the, we should. And also, I mean, the numbers are really low, guys. We're at like 732. Out of what? Out of infinite. Well, it's hard to determine a percentage there. I, I mean, it's not. it doesn't work on percent. The point is, it could be in the millions. It could be in the billions. It could be in the trillions if everybody was being really nice and happy and good. Not happy. Happy is not the thing, but good and nice. But it's at 700, you know, and it, it used to be higher than that. Yes. All right. You That's know what? why we vote Democrat. <sighs> That's not... At this rate, we're not even going to make it to the election, but fine. Look, okay, Let's let's move on. Um, we have a couple of serials to listen to. We have to listen to, uh, we've got a Slam Jackson episode. We've got a This Day in History. We've got a Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again. Um, you, do you like those shows? I, I probably do, yes. All right, well, hopefully you'll enjoy them, uh, and we're going to listen to them right now. When we come back, we've got some more email to, re to read, and uh, we'll, we'll have more discussion, okay? Okay. All right.
Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again, a Chirumbolo story by Daniel Schwartz, Pete Bowers, and Charles Berman. Episode 8, Big Decisions. Commissioned during World War II to combat the restless dead of the Nazi war machine, an army of mighty robots stood tall as bulwarks of liberty in a world gone mad. Sixty years later, our story continues at Menlo's apartment, where Tuck has just arrived. Hey, Tuck. Come on in. I'm just packing the last of the fireworks. I am amazed they let you buy this much in bulk. Pennsylvania. Indeed. Quandary solved. Besides, all this over here ain't sold in no store. That's homebrew. Menlo specials. Like that time in Sicily? Italians, am I right? Correct. Italians. Will we need a bunker for this? Look, I worked out the trajectories and got all the permits from air traffic control. Should be fine. I will trust your expertise. How was work at the course today? Well, Sarge is still lying there. Don't talk too much. If we don't move him soon, he'll probably start rusting. And rust is bad for the grass. This is no joking matter. I worked hard fertilizing that grass. hey What? Ah, shut up. I will not. The other preparations for the party proceed apace. Proceed a what? Quickly. Maeve is taking care of all of the refreshments. All of Kit's favorite foods. Bet she'll like that. Big eat of that, Kit. Oh, I get it. Fertilize. Ha, ha, ha. Not like you, of course. You're all thin and weird looking. What are you implying? No, I mean it. Think I have something in here. This should do the trick. Menlo, why do you have yogurt? What kind of tricks can yogurt perform? Look, don't talk. You're weak enough. Just eat up and we'll get you out of here. What? Oh, dear. Come on, you foreign palooka! I'm trying to save your life! Menlo, you're compromising my structural integrity! Meanwhile, at the Hitler residence, Maeve and Roger struggle with their plans for the approaching party. Trust me. I'm just as angry as you, Mr. Irons. I promise you, that's the last time I try and organize a function with that establishment. I can't believe they'd make a mistake like that. But it's not your fault. I'm sorry, Maeve. It's fine, sir. I've already drafted a strongly worded letter. We need another venue. Any suggestions? Well, with the Silver Rose catering, on-site preparation becomes less of an issue. The real constraints now are space and availability. What about the links? We can make it available. Mr. Irons, if you seriously want to provide your wife with a romantic experience, you won't throw her a party at the mini-golf course where she works. Please trust my intuitions in this matter. Right. Right, of course. Uh, It makes more sense when you say it that way. That also rules out the VFW. She and I do bingo there on Thursdays. Bingo? She's got luck, I tell you. Like she's got it rigged. Right. So, there are several other venues that might be more appropriate, but I'm not sure we can reserve them on such short notice. The coordinator at the Viceroy owes me a favor. No. As Miss Hitler has made clear, expense is not an issue. I know it's not. We're not going to the Viceroy. I don't care how fancy it is. Bunch of stuck-up snobs don't make us feel welcome. I don't disagree, but for the money we can pay them, they better be respectful. 
I'm not paying Saffron's money to have some self-righteous jackass look down on my wife. Okay, I see what you mean. The Viceroy's out. Well, where does that leave us? Hmm. Wonder who that is. Prime? How can we help you? You heard already? That makes sense. What about it? You think that'd work? What would work? Oh, sorry. He's got an idea for where to hold the party. How did he know? Long story. Is this their card? Well, couldn't hurt to call. Thanks, Brian. We'll check it out. Okay. So, what was all that just then? He knows a guy here and thinks it might be a good place. Collateral damage paintball? It's unconventional. What about her isn't? <laughs> Aww. That's very sweet. I'll make the arrangements. What was sweet? Never mind, Mr. Irons. Oh, that reminds me. Did you make sure to invite the special guest? Of course I did. It was so exciting to talk to him. I meet famous people all the time, but him? What is it with this guy? As Roger contemplates deep mysteries, <laughs> Menlo and Tuck work on cleaning up the mess at Menlo's apartment. Really, it is nothing. How could you say that? Look at this! Most of the fireworks can be salvaged, and I can develop a solvent that will clean out these carpets. It's embarrassing! Don't put it that way. You have a condition. So do I. I'm lactose intolerant. Nothing? Not funny? I ain't crazy. I didn't say that. And I ain't got a condition. That is a false statement. You just tried to feed me half a gallon of yogurt. I am a robot. Who does not eat yogurt? Well, now I know that. This is not the first of your... episodes. Of what? I never tried to feed you yogurt before. Are you being deliberately dense, or are you genuinely unaware of your flashbacks? I may be deliberating now that you mention it. First of all, you are using that word incorrectly. Second of all, why have you tried to conceal this from us? I don't want to have people looking at me like I'm crazy or whatever. Bad enough being an old robot. Old and crazy robot? Forget about it. I will not forget about it. You cannot seriously imagine that I would. Look, talk. It's big of you to take an interest, but I don't want to talk about this. That is too bad for you, my friend. You need help. What kind of help? You gonna fix me up, Brainiac? The risk would be too great. You know I can't do that. And who could? How many robot shrinks you know? Doc Barton's been dead since 78. There's Calvin and Associates. Oh no, I ain't going to some feel-good hippie to get dicked around. That is not what they- I ain't some kind of toaster you can coax into making better toast. Never been a problem we couldn't get through, and I sure as hell ain't gonna go back on that now. Force feeding me yogurt is not a problem? You were just talking about a... what do you call... solvent? Just then. See? No problem. Menlo, you are my best friend. We have saved each other's lives so often I have lost count. Metaphorically, in fact it has been 71, but that is not relevant. What is relevant is that you are losing control of this. It is getting worse. I ain't the Sarge. I can handle myself just fine. For now? How long will that last? Well, we always knew something was gonna kill us. That is a terrible way of looking at it. I got a problem with my perspective? Now? You got such a great grip on reality? That is not relevant. Thought so. Let's get these fireworks loaded up. Indeed.
These are deceptively heavy for fireworks. Made those ones special. Oh, goody. How special did Menlo make those fireworks? Will Kit's birthday be at the paintball range? Tune in next time for the further adventures of these characters in Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again. In that episode of Robot Zombie Hunters Ride Again, the narrator was Charles Berman, Menlo was Jordan Randall, Talk was Ed Jones, Maeve was Cheryl Casey, Roger was Ed Jones, and Prime was Eddie Kirshner. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On April 25, 1990, the crew of the U.S. Space Shuttle Discovery places the Hubble Space Telescope, a long-term space-based observatory, into a low orbit around Earth. The Space Telescope was designed to give astronomers an unparalleled view of the solar system, the galaxy, and the universe. Hey, Mercy! I think we should have put some pretty pink curtains in it before we pushed it out. Hey, youngins, why don't you please put some pink curtains in your pretty thingy of spaceness? Um, attention, space shuttle, this is Houston. We're not entirely sure what you're talking about. Over. Pink curtains, young man, we want pretty woman's touch in the space thingy. It may save your life. Um, space shuttle, we're not entirely sure that's an excellent idea. We'll look into it, however, because it's always important to respect the advice of the old. Over. We're not old! Get, get Wilma on the radio and get him to beat the, get her to beat that man with the purse. Yes! Ow. Oh, Ow. Oh, stop hitting me. That really hurts. Over. It was, of course, at this point that NASA did adopt an official respect your elders policy, as it was completely run at that point by senior citizens. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't retire just yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Casting Wax. And you're probably wondering what happened to all those elderly people. Well, I'll tell you. They died. Some of them died of old age. Some of them died of other things that happen to you when you get old, like diseases and things like that. The point is, they all died because they were old, and old people, over time, all will die. 100% all die. This, I think, is part of the reason that young people don't like to listen to old people. They think those people are going to die soon, and therefore, they're no longer going to be able to tell me what to do or give me good advice because they will be dead. So, I might as well start not listening to them now because I won't be able to listen to them once they're dead. But those young people are forgetting that eventually the young people will get old. Another thing with 100%, 100% of young people will become old people, and eventually those young people will become old people who die. But let's not think about that just yet. Let's think about first the fact that they'll be old people. And when you're a young person, you think, I don't need to listen to old people. But when you are the old person, you will think, young people should listen to me. So, if you start by listening to old people when you're a young person, then young people will have to listen to you when they're old, even though they won't be around to see you as a young person listening to an old person. But perhaps they'll read about it in the history books. So, make sure that you listen to old people when you're a young person and listen to young people when you're a... No, that's not what it's like. Well, you got the point, I think. My name is Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Slam Jackson! Adventurous! By Cheryl Casey. Episode 14, Alternate Unreality. <sighs> Hurry, ladies and gentlemen. Despite our fearless hero's unwavering diligence, Slam Jackson. Hey. World-famous private investigator and famed adventurist was caught in traffic. 
So, as he double times it up the steps to his office, he's running five minutes late for work! Thank the stars that with his Hawkins-like foresight, he had the peace of mind to bring his breakfast with him. Ah, there goes my coffee. All over the immaculately cared for azaleas! But his newly caffeinated flower bed will soon be the least of our debonair Prince of Awesome's problems. For as quickly as he rushes into his place of employ, he is just as quickly face to face with his own face. Faces, even! What the? Yo, hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hey, what's up, dude? Hi. Oh, what? oh hi. What? Hi. Greetings. Hi. Hey. Good morning and welcome. Why don't you have a seat and make yourself comfortable? This is, after all, your office. You should be allowed to feel at home. Amid the throngs of our hero's doppelgangers steps a strange man. Though fairly unassuming in size and features, his eyes are eyes that have seen harrowing sights and fantastical realms beyond our own. The one and only Rory Sinjin, Dean of Students and President of the Queen's Institute for the Extra Historical Studies, sits down in Slam Jackson's leather armchair and primly folds his hands. I hope you don't mind that I made some tea and put out some cakes. Hellworld Jackson gets a little irritable when he's peckish. Did you just pet that thing on the head? What? Oh, him? Well, he's technically a man, in a sense. And yes, yes, I did. Rory, what are you doing here? Well, I took the liberty of retrieving your spare key that you keep beneath a welcome mat, no, and... No, no, I mean, what's all this about? This, you mean, this situation specifically, or Hellworld Jackson? Hellworld Jackson was too grown in a world what where... What are you doing here, Rory? I was planning on filling out paperwork, and now I can't because there's a guy sitting on my filing cabinet trying to eat his own hand. Oh, that one. Imagine a world where you, Slam Jackson, as a young child, were tragically struck about the head by a sentient shovel. You were never quite the same, cognitively. Again, you understand. Okay, so make me understand why you've brought all my alternate versions here in my office. Oh, Slam, don't be silly. These aren't all your alternate versions, just some of the most easily accessible ones. Rory, why are they here? I actually need to thank the damn goose. Look at my legs. I've been walking to work six miles a day for like a year now. I am so sick of Liverpool rummy. Me? I'm Slam Jackson Transgender. You are the female me? How intriguing. Slam Jackson Homosexual. I cannot believe he picked these drapes. Slam Jackson Adventurist. De- definitely adventurous. Sleep. 42! Pie! 112? What the heck am I doing here? Slam Jackson! Narrator! Ah, monkey! God, Lana, it's the, the deer. I can't believe I got eaten by a deer. So now, not only do I have a kid, I've got herpes. Slam Jackson! Septuagenarian! Look, it doesn't matter how much deodorant I use, it still reeks of garbage. I cannot get it to the goddamn Three truck. Years. Nothing but skim milk. Damn you, knife hammer! Captain Jack Slamson, at your service. You gotta finish this quick. If I don't get back to the blimp on time, Gert's gonna kill me. Well, if we're all leaving, I'm just gonna go beat the boomerang record. Well, you see, as an extra historian, it is my duty to discover and investigate other worlds. Right. Exactly, and during my research, I happened upon a world where one Slam Jackson brutally murdered that world's Rory Sinjin. And you brought all these Slam Jacksons here for... Well, I was incredibly uncomfortable with the idea of you murdering me. But I haven't, and I won't. Of course you won't. You see, I've gone about gathering all the Slam Jacksons and systematically doing away with them. Let me get this straight. You've gathered alternate Slam Jacksons and somehow convinced them to murder other versions of themselves. 
so essentially you're talking us into committing suicide. Well, I didn't explain it to them as such. Rory, you need to take these guys back where they belong. Yes, I suppose you're right. Especially since they're now circling us. All except for Slam Jackson, Rain Man. You yeah. the power in my lunch. Do something, Slam, quickly! This is your area of expertise! And with the lightning-quick fury of Zeus, Slam Jackson wraps Rory Sinjin into a headlock! Listen up, guys. As this world's Slam Jackson, I invoke the right of dibs on this world's Rory Sinjin. I don't care if it's a dick move, Hellworld Jackson. It's my right. Now all of you, go home. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe I got off my deck for this. As quickly as the altercation begins, it's quelled, with Slam Jacksons of every make and creed scattering to the four winds. All that remains is one Rory Sinjin, helplessly trapped in the vice-like grip of our protagonist. So did my alternate version murdering your alternate version have anything to do with you amassing an army of Slam Jacksons to wipe each other out? Well, in a manner of speaking... I suppose it might be slightly more complicated than that. Right. If I let you go, will you leave? Oh, absolutely. <sighs> I do appreciate you having the common decency to not kill me to my face, despite our recent difficulties. Sure. I hope this teaches you to stick just to research from now on. Well... Will Rory Sinjin stick to just research from now on? Where exactly did all the other Slam Jacksons go to? And just what, pray tell, is Hellworld Slam Jackson? All of this and more on the next episode of Slam Jackson! Adventurist! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jer Coonrad, Rory Sinjin was me, and the alternate slams were Jer Coonrad, Aaron Morrissey, Charles Berman, and Mickey Weishner. Thank you very much, Rory. And what was that all about? I'm, what? That episode of Slam Jackson. What was... You, you You tried to kill Slam Jackson, who is looking for our friend Frank Allen. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, uh, you misunderstand. I don't misunderstand. I just heard it with my own two ears. Edgy heard it as well. Yes, uh, you were... Uh, trying to kill a man called Slam Jackson. No, uh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. That was an, that was a different uh, Rory Sinjin. That was an alternate reality Rory Sinjin. Just like those alternate reality Slam Jacksons, there was an alternate reality me. That that doesn't make any sense because that is our Slam Jackson. Our Slam Jackson is the detective who is looking for Frank Allen and all that stuff. You are our Rory Sinjin, therefore that was you. That wasn't made clear in the show if that was the case. Which part? Which part? That it was alternate Rory Sinjin. Yeah, no, because I don't think it was. I think he's lying. I wouldn't lie. Why would I lie? Maybe you want someone to think something that isn't the case. That's not, that's exactly that would be why. No, I, that's, I, but that isn't that isn't the case. That's not what I want you to think. I mean, I want you to think something other than what you're thinking, but only because of what I'm saying is what you're thinking is wrong. Oh no, don't say oh because he's he's lying. You're lying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. No, that's not what. Look, if I was try- if I had tried to kill Slam Jackson, do you think he would still be working for us? Well, I don't know. He's a pretty reasonable guy, and he's nice and friendly, so maybe. Or maybe he he dropped our case now, for all I know. Maybe he's not even going to find Frank Allen now. Well, no, he told me he wasn't going to do that. Then you did. So it's true. So you, you did. You just said you just did. No, that's not what I said. I, I'm saying I was also talking to him later, and he said he wasn't going to drop it. 
if there was a rumor that I tried to kill him. No, why would he say that? You're, Rory, you're a terrible liar, which is weird because normally you're a good liar. No, that's not true. I'm not a good liar. I mean, when you when you do your extra history. That's because it's not lies. So the difference is that that's not a lie. Then you, so you admit that this is a lie. No, that's not. I'm, I didn't say that. I was lying when I said that. That's well, how, you weren't a very good liar then at that. Because I said it was the lie afterwards, right? Yeah, so obviously, if I was lying, I would have said I was lying. So. Well, that would make you a terrible liar. All right, I'm a terrible liar. So you tried to kill Slam Jackson. No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't lie about that. I told the truth about that, and if I did lie about that, I would have said I was lying, because that's what kind of a terrible liar I am. Mm. Does that follow? No, uh, or maybe I just can't follow it, but... If, listen, Rory, if you screwed up us finding Frank Allen, I'm going to be really pissed off. Well, I didn't. So, either way, whether I'm lying or not, I didn't. Okay. I'm confused by all of this. Yeah, this is pretty uh, is pretty confusing. Well, then we should just drop it and, you know, read some letters, don't you think? I, I, I guess. All right, um... <laughs> Again, if you uh, if you are listening to this, write into us, castandwax at gmail.com. Tell us what you know about Frank Allen, what you know about uh, Royce Engine being a liar, what you know about Democrats and 33rd Street and everything. Uh, 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 why don't we wake Scape up and get him involved in this? Scape, wake up, wake up. What? 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 There's still a show going on. You're not getting moist food, by the way. Why and- am I not getting moist food? Because you didn't listen to the show and you didn't pay attention. You know the rules. The point is, we've got some letters here that I think are relevant to you. Uh, well, fine. So let's listen to my letters. I hope they say, Scapey, you are the best. I, well, they might. Um, Mr. Uh, Edgemont, do you want to read a letter? Uh, sh- certainly. I, I, uh, I think I proved my competence before. Uh, we, we, uh, where's the letter? Dear Mr. White... I really enjoyed the This is a Podcast song that your dad sung last week for his podcast. I, Stu Fennessy, am the host of Murder Tips Podcast, and I was wondering if you could point me to a clean copy of the audio so I could use it as a theme for my podcast. Also, my sister Rosie Fennessy, the host of The Dog Lovers Podcast, would like a copy for herself, too, because it fits her podcast also. Thank you, Stuart G. Fennessy. Absolutely not. Forget it. No Wow. wow, okay, good. I, I am with you, Scapey. You're, you're right to say no, because uh, I'm assuming, I, don't get, I, I haven't listened to his podcast, but I'm assuming it's a murder tips podcast, meaning he's giving you tips on how to murder. That does seem reasonable to assume that. That sounds like what it would be about. <laughs> I don't care about that. I'm talking about Dog Lovers podcast because I hate dogs. They are, first of all, stupid, also loud, also smelly. Oh, do you want to hear an impression of a dog? Okay, I'll tell you. Hi, oh, I'm a dog. I'm so stupid. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat some poop. Blah. They are pretty stupid. They, they're usually even too dumb to, to say, hi, I'm a dog. Yeah, I was, that was the smartest dog in the world. Okay, that's the impression I was doing. They don't even vote. Well, I don't vote, but the point is. Yeah, we, we've actually discussed, like, uh, at this point, two thirds of the, uh, of the hosts of the podcast don't vote because obviously Scape doesn't vote. He's a cat. Rory doesn't vote because he's British now. He's back to being a, a citizen of, uh, of Great Britain. Well, it's oh. not my fault. I had to. You know. Right. Well, so, that's not because he's stupid. It's because he's foreign. Well, I mean, that's arguable. No, it is. It's because I'm. It's because I'm, li- I'm a citizen of another country. Come on. But I. I do vote. I do vote. I. I vote nowadays. Good. Good. I, I good. used to good. not for, vote for the Democrats. Well, well I used to too. I was. Uh, I was too young. Me too. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Well, the, you know what? I. I didn't vote in the uh, 2000 election. You didn't vote for Al Gore. No, I didn't because I thought. Uh, well, first of all, I. 
thought he would win. Second of all, I also thought, eh, it doesn't matter. Like, what difference does the president make? A huge difference. I, that, I mean, everyone says in the news, this is the president, whatever his name is. And they were saying Bush for a long time. They would have been saying Gore. I Look, I agree. I wish it had been Gore, especially in retrospect. But at the time, I was just like, uh, you know, I was busy. I was filming a movie at the time. I was like, ah, screw it. Uh, look, the point is, that is immoral. That attitude, by the way, morality machine says you should vote. It doesn't say you have to vote for Democrats. Well, but it, it says you do moral things, which is vote for Democrats. So if you don't, the world will blow up. Well, no, that's not... <sighs> I mean, but it's just, but you should vote. Okay. So you're not going to give your song, This is a Podcast, to the Murder Tips podcast. Well, I, no, I don't care about Murder Tips. Also, because first of all, I already know how to kill. No, that's not why you're supposed to say this. Because murdering is wrong. Speaking of immoral, speaking of the morality machine, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be hosting a Murder Tips podcast. Nobody should be listening to a Murder Tips podcast, except perhaps like, you know, the police to catch the murderers that it's, that are running it, assuming that they're murderers. Ah, there's too much. There's too much going on in this. Dog lovers are fine. No, dog lovers are not fine! Well, I'm assuming that it means people who love dogs platonically or petly. Is there a word for petly? No. Not sex. Dad, that's disgusting! Well, it is. That's why I'm saying, and that's immoral, because the dog is not a consenting individual. I don't know what the Republicans think, but the Democrats are almost always against having sex with dogs. Right, but... If there was a Democrat who was like, I have sex with dogs and I murder, and I'll give you tips on both in my two podcasts, you, sh you shouldn't vote for him. It would be immoral to vote for him. Well, he wouldn't be a Democrat. But he, but maybe he is. For all we know, Stu Fennessy here is a Democrat. Well, if, if, if he were the wrong kind of Democrat. For all we know, he lives on 33rd Street. Don't make things up. I'm not saying it's true. I'm saying... What if he does? Well, you'd have to kick him out. You'd kick him off of the... Str okay, this is... that the, the morality machine would not approve of that, just so you know. That's bigotry. Or you, so you think. I, that's, I programmed it. But anyway, look, we have another letter here relevant to Scape. Rory, can you read this to Scape? Oh, actually, I think it's technically addressed to me, but it's relevant to Scape. Uh, yes, no problem, fine. Dear Mr. White, I'm writing on behalf of my friend Howie. He said something about a fury which in its ineffable intensity roused passions primeval and readied his hands only for retributive action rather than the pacific stillness of the writing desk. He wanted me to tell you that he was upset, that your cat called him boring, and that he especially doesn't want anybody who thinks he's boring adapting his book. I don't really care, though, and I don't really care what you think either, except that it's against me. Listen, my books are great. They're the only ones people should read. Anyone who thinks otherwise is just wrong. Stop telling lies on your junk podcast. Screw you, the ghost of Ayn Rand. No, Ayn Rand, you are wrong. Everybody who's writing in to me today is wrong, and I don't know why. Do you have any theories? Because they're, you're the one who's wrong. Well, I don't agree with that theory. Do you have a theory, Edgy? They're probably Republicans. I'm sure Ayn Rand is a Republican. Even if she is a ghost, she can't vote. She's dead. But I'm sure she's a Republican. I actually looked this up. Let me let me grab my figures. Uh, no wonder the number is so low, by the way. Because yes, it's true that the Atlas Shrugged movie, which I referred to last week, is not making a ton of money. What is it up to? Like, you know, $1.7 million, something like that. It's not making a ton of money. And the critics have been saying how terrible it is. Uh, on, I'm looking at um, Rotten Tomatoes. The critics have given it 6%. So in other words, it's a 6% positive reviews. That's terrible. That means awful. That means you pretty uniformly, the critics say, this is a garbage movie. But you know what? The user reviews give it 85%. 85% people. That is not good. That means 85% of the people who reviewed that movie liked it. Why did they like it so much? Well, my guess is that they're bad people, speaking of Republicans. Yes, probably they are. Because 
Ayn Rand believes terrible things. She believes everybody's in it for themselves and that nobody is, you know, you shouldn't help other people. Everybody should look out for themselves. And that's how the world is a best place, which obviously is not true, right? Well, of course. I mean, you said she was a Republican. I mean, not, I mean, she's not, I don't think she's a registered Republican. And if she was, things were very different back then. The point I'm making though is all she cares about is self-aggrandizement and doing the best for yourself and not about helping other people, which obviously as a Democrat, you care about helping other people. Yes, I have, was helping Obama. He's another person. Although you were saying you just did that because you wanted recognition, right? Yes, but I was helping him out, too. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the morality machine thinks of that. I don't know what it thinks. You know, this is all... It, you I, made it! I know I made it, but people are getting me all mixed up now because they're making it sound like they're good, and then it turns out they're bad, and they're making it sound like they're... Ayn Rand, obviously, ghost, you're bad. But as a ghost, the morality machine is not judging you anymore. But it's judging all those people who see the movie. Not just because they see it, but because if they enact the principles. Ah, this is getting really frustrating, guys. Well, you know what you should do? What? Turn off the morality machine. I can't. I can't turn off the morality machine because it will blow up. Remember, I, we've talked about this. Why, why would you want to turn it off? Then people would be able to vote Republican all the time. They can vote Republican now. It, it's just if they're the, – the act of voting for a Republican is not in itself immoral. <laughs> no, that's not a joke. I wasn't making – okay. We've got some more letters here. Uh, we've got uh, – what? we got two more. Two more. Um, here's one from uh, – uh, a woman who's, who's been listening to the show, apparently. Uh, I'll read it. Dear Jordan, I am writing to seek your counsel as the programmer of the morality machine. I work at a vocational center in upstate New York where we help to find jobs for people reassimilating into society after serving time in prison. Excellent. That's great. Oh, yes. Um, I was recently contacted by a gentleman seeking our services after writing to your podcast. He has apparently been a criminal for most of his life, but was advised, in light of the machine, to find legitimate work that could put his skills to good use. He has apparently been spreading the word, and our center has been inundated with criminals who need help finding jobs. On one hand, I applaud this effort and wish more people would own up to their past and seek legitimate work that lets them contribute to society. How, how, do, you, how do you applaud this effort on one hand? That's a... That is a good, the sound of one hand applauding, I guess. That's, that's very zen. But I think she means on the, in the one side of the argument. Oh, yes. Okay. And I don't think she's actually applauding. I think she's really lauding. Praising. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. Um, on the other hand, our services are generally limited to people with strong recommendations from the parole board and good behavior in prison, and are required to meet with us in addition to their parole officers. In short, there is a support system in place to both employer and employee. I'm not sure that I could in good faith help an admitted criminal find a job without such support structure in place, and frankly, when they haven't paid for their crimes. So I'm curious to know what the morality machine might say. Do we help people on their path to bettering themselves, potentially risking the well-being of their employers, or do we turn people away who want to change in favor of keeping the rest of the public safe. I'm writing to you rather than consulting your app because I do not have an iPhone. And actually, that brings up another question. iPhones and such devices are expensive. Would the morality machine condone buying and keeping such luxuries rather than spending the money on helping less fortunate people? Thank you for your kind attention to my dilemma. Sincere regards, Maggie Milano. Okay. Thank you for writing in with a legitimate question rather than being completely wrong. But what I will say is uh, those people should be going to jail. They are admitting that they are criminals. Uh, I mean, uh, unless they're outside the statute of limitations, then they should be going to jail, right? Yes, put criminals in jail. Exactly, exactly. So if this guy is coming to you and saying, I am, you know, listen, I'm a murderer, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a thief, I've done this, this, that, and the other thing, you should probably call the police and have him arrested. Um, and then when he served his debt to society, tell him he's wel you're welcome back, and then we'll help you find a job. And I'm sure he won't. I'm sure he'll 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 feel thankful to you for helping him serve his dad. We shouldn't be too tough on crime, though. 
Why, why not? The Republicans are tough on crime. No, no, everybody's tough on crime because crime is bad. Yes, but they're all about being tough on it, so we shouldn't be too tough. No, that's not... No, we have to be tough on crime. If these people are admitting that they're criminals and it's still within the statute of limitations, they should be going to jail. If they're not inside the statute of limitations, what you should do is say, I can refer you to a normal employment agency. There's really no need for you as a non, uh, non, uh, convict to go through a, a vocational service for convicts, right? I mean, am I, am I right about this? Well, I mean, yeah, keep, I mean, if it's for convicts and you're not a convict, you probably don't need it. I, yeah, I don't understand why they're not just looking in the phone book for like job services. Well, because they are criminals and this is what they know. Look, obviously they're trying to better themselves by going through this system. So she should be helping them. Don't you think? No, because that's not what it's for. Look, oh my God. The point of the morality machine is not to break down society. The point of the morality machine is not to destroy all systems. Everything is supposed to continue apace, the normal way. But then people should just always be aware of the number and try not to bring it down. When it all comes down, all it is is really just try to be nicer. Just everybody try to be nicer. Why does nobody get that? That's all it is. Well, I mean, you can't be nice to everybody. There's Republicans around. Why why can't you be nice to Republicans? (laughs) Then they'll win. No, they don't win automatically because you're nice to them. Obama was very nice to the Republicans. He wasn't so nice that he would say, oh, look at your, you're so nice. I think I'll just let you win this one. That's not nice. That's stupid. Don't be stupid. Be nice. That's a fine line. It's not for most people. I think most people can understand the difference between being stupid and being nice. Maybe present company accepted. Hell, I wasn't talking about you. Are you talking about me? Well, sometimes. You're very rarely nice. I'll tell you that much. Well, that's not very nice. You're right. I'm not being nice when I say that. I'm sorry. Well, I suppose I forgive you. Good. Now, okay, Edgy. Yes. Do you see what just occurred? I was mean. And he forgave you. He forgave me. That yes. means we. I apologized. He forgave me. We were both being nice. Even though we were fighting like a Democrat and a Republican might do. Well, I was a Republican when I was an American. What? Well, I mean, not every time. I mean, I guess I was more of an independent, you know. But I did sometimes vote for Republicans because they, you know, they uh, would give me better tax breaks. Which I do appreciate. Listen, this is what I do in the store. <clears throat> hey. Yes? You're not a Democrat? Uh, well, again, I, I'm, a, I'm a British person, but when I was an American, no, I was not necessarily a Democrat. You better vote for the Democrats. Why is that? Uh, they're better. You better do it because here's a dollar. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll take the dollar. I, I could use more money always, but I'm not going to You're going to vote them. for the Democrats, right? No, no. Well, you take me back my dollar. But you gave me the dollar. To vote for the Democrats. I, wait, hang on. Now, I, I'm, again, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. And now there's a recording so, of it. It's illegal to vote for the Democrat? No, it's definitely legal to vote for a Democrat. It's illegal to pay someone to vote for a Democrat. He's not an American citizen, so maybe maybe you'll get that's away okay with That's okay then, yes. Well, I mean, because he's not, he can't vote for a Democrat. But I'm not going to give you your dollar back, no. Jordan... Uh, yes. Did I have a dollar back? What? You want me to give you a dollar? It's your show, and he took my dollar. You gave him your dollar. I. You didn't give me a dollar. <sighs> All right. Are you going to give this me a dollar? Or pardon? Are you going to give me a dollar? You? Yeah. For To vote for the Democrat? Well, I'm already going to vote for uh, the Democrat. But, all right. Here. This has been a $2 loss for me. But, okay. I mean, thank you. I'll take the dollar. But what? So you give a dollar to everyone you meet? Only if it, if they need some extra convincing. Is this mainly at the strip club or also at the comic book store? Mainly at the strip club. Okay. Well, I'm not taking off my clothes either. Well, no. You just... You, most of the time, they don't actually come up to you and say, hey, can I have a dollar? That's not exactly what I did. I mean, but he you gave him a dollar, so I feel... I, felt but I was out. demonstrating how effective it is. Can I have he, a dollar? You're a cat. You can't spend dollars. I could give it to my dad and he would buy me food with it. Um, oh, wait. Look at that bowl over there. Some food. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> Are you going to, okay, now he's going to eat his food. So now we have one less host for a little while. Okay, um, it's fine. Look, Maggie, recommend, okay, two things. First of all, arrest, you know, don't arrest them. You don't, don't do citizen's arrest, but call the police, get them arrested, help them find jobs after they've served their debt to society when they come back to you. Other people, tell them to go to regular employment agencies. Okay, solved. Problem solved, right, everybody? Sounds like it. All right. Um, Rory, I got another letter. Would you would you mind taking a turn? Um, sure, I suppose. Uh, this one says, who moralizes the moralizers? Jordan, given the advent of the morality machine and the obvious fact that it will not stop the downward spiral of morality in the world, you have essentially sentenced the human race to death. But fear not, for I, as a visionary, have a solution. Nothing raises public consciousness and positive sentiment more than the worldwide sense of community brought about by a major disaster. So I intend to raise the overall morality of the world by blowing up New York City. The world will predictably come together as a 7 billion person family and morality will be through the roof. I am sure you will agree that 0.13% of the world's population is a small price to pay for the assurance of the survival of the human race, since you seem to have no qualms about committing evil acts for the greater good. While the act of blowing up New York City might itself be an act of evil, the inevitable good that will follow will outweigh any negative effects my act has on a worldwide morality score, just as you hold the world hostage for the greater good. I ran the scenario through the computer programs used by your morality machine simulator app to supply the numbers. I hope you like my plan. I can't claim full credit for it. I got the idea from an awesome movie that came out a couple years ago called Watchmen. Maybe you've heard of it. Somebody told me they actually wrote a comic book based on the film. David Nater... P.S. I also ensured that the blowing up of New York City would not trip the morality machine's self-defense mechanism. It turns out, while the machine won't allow itself to be turned off, it will allow its core processor and memory to be located via the internet. Thank you, Jordan, for having such crappy firewall set up. In fact, to ensure that it is never shut down, I have split the processing unit into seven pieces and distributed them throughout the world. Only by finding and destroying them all can one have any chance of turning it off and thereby triggering the end of the world. You're welcome for saving humanity and have a nice day. Well, that's interesting. He's, 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 he's helped in some ways, but I, I kind of live in New York City, so I don't think... This I'm is the here. worst... You are... Okay, David, David, you are the worst person in the entire planet, and... Fine. Okay. You know what? Fine. You're gonna you're gonna write to me about Watchmen. You're gonna write to me about Watchmen. Well, he was mainly writing about blowing up New York City. But he mentioned Watchmen, which uh, yes. which is a great comic book, not based on a movie, movie based on a comic book. But it's a terrible, terrible movie. Okay, it's a really, really bad movie. I can't believe you're writing to me about Watchmen. Oh, he, I think it was the main point of the letter was the, the blowing up. Blowing up New York City. Yes, yes, yes. That's where I live. I don't want you to do it. Look. Ah, you're writing me about what? You know what, people? You guys are neglecting a significant portion of what the morality machine is about. Okay? What, what portion? Well, I'll tell you what portion. I made the morality machine to make the world a better place. Right? Because I wanted everybody to be moral. Uh, yes, yes. I wanted everybody to be moral. Right. Here's the other half of it, though. If everybody's not going to be moral... The world blows up. And you know what? That's a good thing. Because nobody should live. If if the world is a terrible place where more people are doing bad things than they are doing good things, everyone deserves to die. And you write to me about Watchmen? The movie? It sounds like the numbers are going down, my friend. The numbers are going down and they're not going to stop. Uh, uh, This is a pretty pessimistic um, outlook. Jordan. That's because people have been, look, you know what? I put this morality machine in place how many weeks ago now? You know, it's been weeks. 
And everything that happens is people write in and they go, oh, there's all this murder. Oh, there's all this crime. Oh, people want to do good and they want to do good so badly that they're hurting each other. Well, you know what? Fine. If that's what the human race is, it deserves to die. Uh, well, I mean, maybe we should just vote Democrat and be good instead, guys. How about that? I would say that that's a good idea. No! I mean, give it a shot. If you think you can bring the numbers up, go for it. I'm not expecting to see it turn around. Look, remember what we were at before? Seven something? Now we're at 422. That's down 300 in like the last hour. So. Just from this podcast? No, everything that's been happening in the world. But this podcast is apparently representative of it because we're going downhill. The point is, look, you know what? The numbers are going to go down. You want to try to blow up New York City? I am confident that blowing up New York City is a very, 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 very bad thing. And the numbers are going to keep going down. And when you try to blow up New York City, as you even plot to blow up New York City, you're probably going to end up blowing up the entire world. And I know you're saying you ran it through the morality machine, but that's because you're, you know what? It sees much more than... The real morality machine sees more than the app does, and I've said that because there's context that is being ignored. And so if you just run by it, the act itself of the actual blowing up of New York City and and the, and the stuff that will happen afterwards, sure, it's going to look like, okay, overall it's positive. But there's so much that goes into that that is negative, and that means everyone's going to die. Goodbye, everyone. You're, yes. Yes. You're, it's right of you to say goodbye. I don't expect that the world will exist by next week's podcast, so most likely... This is the last podcast. If by some miracle we're still, you know, bobbing along in the teens by next week, I'll do another podcast, sure. But I'm fully expecting that t- tomorrow night the world will blow up. And that's, you know what? That's a good thing. I don't think I like this turn of events. Me neither. Well, you know what? You only have all of humanity to blame. Hey, everybody. I just finished the bowl of food. So that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, well, good. While you were gone... The, the world is going to blow up. What? That doesn't make any sense. I mean, no, but we determine. I'm saying now that the world's going to blow up, and it's because of humanity. And you're not. You're going to get blown up too. But it's not your fault. Wow, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything? Vote, vote Democrat next election if we're still around, and that'll turn things around, guys. Is there anything we can do to stop this? Uh, I doubt it. So, all right. Be seeing you. <laughs>